Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Do not, do not, I repeat, do not touch that dial. You heard the man. It's time for Fox Sports Sunday, and the 2022 sports calendar is off to a rousing start. On that note, put your seat backs forward, your tray tables upright. We are ready for takeoff. My name is Bernie Frano. I'm coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, along with my savvy and clever and capable crew, Bo Benson, Chris Perfett, and Brian Fenley on the updates as they will man the ship from our Los Angeles compound. We've got a ton on the agenda tonight, including full NFL analysis for the remainder of the divisional round, and we'll take a quick look back at what happened on Saturday two upsets, two number one seeds going down. We'll also include some prop bets we liked and the ones that cashed today. Hey, 20 minutes to Fezzik 5. He joins us. We'll touch on, uh, again, all the playoffs. And Fez has some thoughts on you coming to Vegas. He's going to show you how to have a good time from the perspective of a Las Vegas veteran. Trust me, Fez knows. Fez knows all the the tricks and the backstories. I've known Fez for 11 years. We're going to touch on the latest from college football later. Major League Baseball. We'll also take a look at the Dallas Cowboys meltdown and who's really to blame later because they, they've given a vote of confidence to Mike McCarthy, but sort of, but not. Do I think he's going to be back? Yes, but look, this is America's team. You've got a white hot spotlight on you. You wanted to be there. You're there. I think it's cool. Uh, it's not always bad. It's not always good, but uh, you are polarizing. We've got that and much, much more. Plus, what kind of brand new fool are you in the final hour? And what my name, as well as Chris Perfett's report on the world of soccer. But first, we take a quick look back at the biggest, lasting NFL stories, takeaways, headlines uh, that really 
that really have legs continue to have legs. And if you thought I was done with America's team, I can't. I've got more to get to. I just didn't have enough time. We saw the Cowboys press the self-destruct button. And so it's been called into question now as to whether or not Mike McCarthy returns. But from Randy Gregory's neutral zone infraction on the first snap of the game to whatever the hell that fail Mary quarterback sneak was on the final play to the penalties, the turnovers, the images of the fearless leader Barney Rubble on the sideline who's always got that perpetual look on his face like he's wandering the mall parking lot wondering where he's parked his car. The Cowboys... They presided over what I would call a master class in incompetence last week, self-inflicted wounds. Their lack of prepared of their their lack of preparedness and their all too typical, you know, style once again leaves your head shaking, left your owner's head shaking, and their boots are quaking after a loss to the Niners who appear to be very much for real. Let's have a pick your favorite in a menu of Dallas Cowboy full paws last week. Work with me. On third and four from their own 31 on the first possession of the third quarter, Dallas got flagged twice in a row for a false start. And then Dak Prescott took a stack on the next play. And that was your day. The Niners did the Cowboys a real solid by roughing the punter on the play after that, but the Cowboys failed to capitalize. Now, the next time the Cowboys had the ball, there was an illegal block. That wiped out an eight-yard gain on first and ten. Two plays later, Dak Prescott who got paid big money last year, not to do this, he tossed an interception. You define the moment, or the moment defines you. A while later, they weren't done yet. An illegal shift negated an 18-yard gain on second and 20. And how was your day? And on that same drive, after their punter, Brian Anger, I like that name. Maybe he needs some anger management. He completed a pass to C.J. Goodwin on a fake punt for the first down. Dallas... Why would they leave their special teams unit on the field for a few seconds, only to eventually finally sub in the offense and take another delay of game penalty? Now, bear in mind, the Cowboys at that point, no, nothing. They were only trailing 23-7 to and basically allowed an entire minute to drain from the clock while this was happening. Are you kidding me? So, finally, let's cut to the final act. Dallas trailing by six with under six minutes to go. Their defense, uh, defensive tackle, also, I can't pronounce his name, Odegazua, he gets whistled for a defensive holding because he grabbed an offensive lineman on a running play. Come on, man. Three plays after that, LaVille Gallimore's penalty for illegal use of hands, that allowed the San Francisco 49ers to move the sticks again. Free first down. After, they just thrown an incompletion on third and 12. Remember, Away from the play, Navelle Gallimore, illegally used to hands, gives the Niners a free first down when they just threw an incomplete pass on third and 12. Why don't you just drink rat poison before the game? Finally, mercifully, the, the, Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys, they run out the clock on themselves because they don't realize that the umpire needed to spot the ball before they could snap it. Head coach Mike McCarthy, a.k.a. Barney Rebel, with the postgame quote. Get ready for this. Get your pens and pencils. This is Lombardi-esque, man. This is Bill Walsh. This is Bill Parcells. This is Bill Belichick stuff. Quote, we shouldn't have had any problem getting the ball spotted there. Now that's profound, coach. Think about it. Think about it. They only had 14 penalties in a lifetime of game mismanagement jokes to make it the expense of Barney Rebel who now finds his job in jeopardy. Do I think he'll re- return? Yes, I do. 
Jerry Jones doesn't like paying guys when they're home and they're not working. He's got a couple years left on his contract. And frankly, he deserves another year. Really. You really want to start over again? That's not really Jerry Jones' style. He sticks with guys. The other thing, too, is Mike McCarthy doesn't talk back. If you really break this down, honestly, there's only been one coach since 1989. That's Jerry Jones. He's coach, president, chief cook and bottle washer, director of player personnel, you name it. And I don't care. He he owns the team. He built the stadium. He's paid all his players big money. I actually secretly root for Dallas. It's just, it's just a good story always. So I don't mean to bash the Cowboys, but I got to call them as I see them. And by the way, not for nothing, let's give the Niners a hell of a lot of credit. They were in Dak Prescott's face most of the day, even after Nick Bosa left the game with a concussion. So they lose maybe arguably their best defensive player, and they're still smacking the Cowboys around. They sacked Prescott five times. <clears throat> they also pressured him on uh, like 46% of his dropbacks. That's a per next-gen stats. That was a team season high. And the Niners had several guys contribute. And the Niners' defense has been excellent in recent weeks, and yes, they showed it again tonight, holding the Green Bay Packers to 10 points. Huge credit. All right, another story in the in, in the uh, uh, news, the Buffalo Bills' top credit. Masterful showing by Josh Allen and Brian Dable. Uh, and they were so prolific offensively last week, but it shouldn't overshadow what the Bills did defensively also. They pissed... The Bills pitched a near shutout in the first half, and that was only averted because Bill Belichick opted to kick a 44-yard field goal on the final play before halftime. But at that point, it was 27 to nothing. The Bills finished the regular season ranked first in defensive DVOA. But if I'm being fair, they also led the league in variance, which means you don't always know which Bills team you're going to get. They could show up tomorrow and beat Kansas City or not. Frankly, I like the Chiefs at home. But last Saturday night was an indicator that when the Bills get it together defensively, they're potentially as good as any team in the playoff field. So to, well, later today, I do this every time. See, I sign on Saturday night here in Las Vegas at 11 p.m. So it just feels like Saturday night to me. You have to put up with me. If I say tomorrow, you know what I mean. I know it's already Sunday. It's even Sunday here in Las Vegas, and it's been Sunday in the Eastern Time Zone since I signed on. It's even been Sunday in the Central Time Zone. So if I make that mistake, bear with me. Tweet at me. Slap me in the face. Keep me straight. Just know I mean well. My intentions are pure. I'll go to confession twice next week. All right, other news. The Raiders got some big decisions to make. And uh, I know what's happening here locally. I'm on record as saying I think it's a 90% chance Harbaugh stays in Michigan. I'm very hopeful that Rich Bisaccia gets a chance to come back at least next year. They don't have to make a long-term commitment, but they did some amazing things. You know, there have been 42 interim coaches hired in the last 25 years, and not all of them kept the job. But there's been a handful that really made their name as head coaches, starting out as interim coaches. Guys you might have heard of, Marty Schottenheimer, uh, Marv Levy, Art Shell. When Rich Bisaccia took over the Raiders, he took over a massively difficult situation in which the Raiders had to be accountable for things that weren't even their fault, but they had to answer for them. And you all know the stories that I need to keep. And by the way, they won't won't end. Nate Hobbs, who allegedly had been cited for potential DUI two weeks ago, although I think he was not officially charged, just keep the record straight, uh, it's my understanding Last weekend, he was traveling 110 miles an hour 
after uh, on the 215 freeway here in Las Vegas after the Henry Ruggs incident. Really? Come on, man. All right. I, I'm not going to dwell on that. Uh, listen, if you're a Philly fan, you had a nice season, but not a real ideal finish for, for Jalen Hurts. They've named him as their guy next year. They have to do that. They have to give him that vote of confidence. I love Jalen Hurts. I'm just not sure he's a major league quarterback. I told you last week, Tampa Bay was by far my best bet. I thought it was a terrible matchup. Philly's RPO would have great difficulty against Tampa's front seven, and they were going to force Jalen Hurts to operate from the pocket. He's not experienced enough as a pocket passer, uh, and I'm not sure who he is at his foundation yet. Uh, I know he's a hell of a human being and a leader, and he is an NFL quarterback. He's going to have a long career in this league. He might end up being as a backup. I don't know. He's a starter for now, but who is he in his foundation? Is he a bit of a freelancer, or is he a prototypical pocket passer no he's not but we'll see uh i marvel at the bengals their defense got it done last week their defense got it done again today and the truth of the matter is joe burrow is proving what i believe could already be could could be done and if you ever heard me maybe you haven't listened to me you know i've been very objective about matt stafford that he has talent but when it matters most he hasn't come through he has a chance to prove me wrong later today against Kansas against, uh, uh, check that, uh, Tampa Bay. But when you see these young bucks like Josh Allen and even Kyler Murray and, and, uh, and, and certainly Joe Burrow and, of course, Patrick Mahomes, all these guys, they come into the league, and within their first three years, they got their teams into the playoffs and they're winning playoff games. Stafford didn't win one playoff game in Detroit. And believe me, of, of the 12 teams he was on, eight were not good. Four were good. But let's set that aside for now. Uh, when we bring Steve Fezzik on here in a few minutes, we're going to talk at length on the Rams-Tampa Bay game. I find what's happening in that game from the betting market standpoint fascinating. Finally, with Aaron Rodgers losing tonight, now there was never a doubt in my mind this past season that Rodgers was going to return to Green Bay. I believed it, and I gave a million reasons why. I don't have time to go through it now. The Steelers have a quarterback search, and it begins yesterday. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't made it official, but his contract's about to expire, and he's given every indication he expects to retire, and I don't, I don't think they're going to re-up him, okay? Now, Pittsburgh could pursue a free agent, a veteran free agent like Marcus Mariota or Teddy Bridgewater, or maybe even try to swing a deal for Russell Wilson. But remember when he winked, Aaron Rodgers winked at Mike Tomlin? Just saying, I don't know, I have no clue. Just throwing that out there is more grist for the mill. Could Rodgers leave, leave Green Bay? Could he end up in Pittsburgh? Could he end up in Denver? I don't know. We'll only hear about it six million times between now and next August. But it's something to watch. I say it's probably 80% that Rodgers returns to Green Bay. But you notice I didn't say it was 100%. All right, coming up. It's that time of the week. Get your pens and pencils ready. You're about to drink through a fire hose. All the kind of NFL betting information, and if you're coming to Vegas, it's a Vegas inside baseball from our own Steve Fezzik in a feature we affectionately call the Fezzik Five. So keep it locked right here. It's coming up. You will be drinking NFL knowledge through a fire hose. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. So make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Radio, I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. All right, get your pens and pencils ready. Take notes. Pay attention. You're about to drink NFL knowledge through a fire hose with the one and only Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Hilton Super Contest, and he did it in back-to-back years in a segment we affectionately call the Fezzik Five. The time is now. It's the Fezzik Five. These are the five things you need to hear about now. With the only back-to-back Hilton Super Contest winner, Steve Fezzik. Here's Bernie Fratto. All right, Fez. Cincinnati goes to Tennessee. Rabel... 8-0 straight up and against the spread when he's got nine or more days to prepare. San Francisco visits Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers 5-0 versus playoff teams this year. Whenever a dog wins outright in the wild card round, goes on the road, they're only 28% against the spread the following week. Yet both dogs end up winning outright. However, neither should have. Tell us why. So, obviously, I spent the whole day live wagering and following the games, and the narrative the media is going to give you is they're going to explain to you why the Bengals won and why the Niners won. And the truth is, remember that game Plinko on The Price is Right? Bernie, <laughs> do you know Plinko? Bob Barker? Yeah, so you drop this metal puck, and Gil Alexander is the guy that came up with this theory, and the puck like bounces around, and at the bottom it lands in a prize, and it's totally random. And it's a lot of NFL games... Truth be told, that is what indeed happened. So look at the Green Bay game. With seven minutes to play, Green Bay was up seven. And the line in the game at that time was Green Bay was a six-and-a-half-point favorite, minus 300. So they had a 75% chance to cover the line, and then they got a punt blocked. And that was the difference of the game. Now, I know we can talk about a dozen other factors, 
But the bottom line is the and special teams let the Packers down, but they still were a not just a favorite to cover, but a monster favorite to cover, as was the Titans before they turned it over yet again, minus two in turnovers, and sometimes random, unpredictable, contingent events occur to teams that cause them to get eliminated from the playoffs. And I'd make the case that happened in both the games today. If, if both these teams played again, all four teams, I'm not so sure that the spreads wouldn't come the same as they were before the games got played. You know, I didn't bet either game today, Fez, but I would have gone 0-2. I just could not picture San Francisco, fourth road game in six weeks, third road game in a row, heading into three-degree weather and beating Aaron Rodgers. But believe it or not, Fez, did you know Aaron Rodgers is only 5-4 and four lifetime in playoff games at Lambeau Field? Doesn't surprise me because he's you know right around 500 lifetime in playoff games period, and he's obviously had some notable failures. And let me emphasize, I didn't have any dog in the fight. In the fight, I didn't release any of the sides or the money lines to my clients on either one of these games. So I was an unbiased participant when I was watching the games and evaluating. So I, I will say this, like the look-ahead lines for next week had the Bengals anywhere, for, anywhere from a six to six-and-a-half-point underdog against Kansas City or Buffalo. I'd be shocked, Bernie, if that spread doesn't come seven or higher when um, we get who the Bengals' opponent's actually going to be. No, I'm in agreement, and I will say this, Fez. I'll tell you who benefited from today's oddity, the sports books. I'm told they had a huge day when both home favorites lost didn't cover, lost outright, busted up all the parlays, all the money line parlays, all the teasers right on down the line. And think about the teasers. i got to emphasize this, and I tweeted this. People tease the Packers. That is the sort of play. That This is why sportsbooks win and yep. bad sports bettors lose. You yep. could have played the Packers on the money line, and you could have gotten a minus 220 or minus 230. Instead, people tease the Packers from minus 5.5 to plus a half. So it's the same thing. It's, it's still the money line bet, and they put it in a two-team teaser. Bernie, that's like laying minus 280 on each leg of the teaser. You want to lay minus 280 or lay minus 230? You're paying 50 cents of extra tax just to be able to say teaser at the window. There's a reason that sportsbooks hold 9% against the sports betting public. Fez, you are not wrong. If you tease any of the home teams this weekend, you're not a very sharp better. By the way, first first time in 50 years, Fez, in the divisional round that all four spreads were less than six points. All right, let's move on. In about 11 hours and 33 minutes, the Rams will kick off as they head into Tampa Bay. You've got one quarterback who's got 35 career playoff wins. The other who has one, Tom Brady, 14-2 and in divisional games. They've won nine in a row. And I know there's injuries on both sides, yet I'm hearing that a lot of money is flowing in on the Rams. Tell us why. Yeah, and I'm commenting on the market report and where the, the money's been going because, again, I don't have plays on these two games either. However, really sharp money did come in on the Rams pushed it down from the plus three to plus two and a half. Now, it's possible public money might come in on Tampa and knock it back up, but amongst the pros that I know and the respected guys that I know, they did feel that the Rams plus three was a take, but let me emphasize, there's a difference between playing plus three, an enormous difference, and taking two and a half. So if threes appear tomorrow, I think if you had to bet one game on the board, um, uh, make one bet on the first game, I would play the Rams. But you got to get plus three minus $1.10. If that never appears, I think just sit back and enjoy the game. Don't have to bet on it. 
All right, interesting stuff. Now, the other game, which could be one of the more entertaining games of the weekend, uh, frankly, you've got to expect some offense. Buffalo visits Kansas City, and there should be fireworks. My goodness, the total was as high as 55. But again, more money is flowing in, and you believe will continue to flow in on the visiting Buffalo Bills. Yes, and my sources tell me, and let me emphasize, the wise guys in Vegas, we're not all part of a union. We don't sit around and have a consensus. Right. The Bills are the sharp play. So I'm just telling you what I'm hearing, that there's going to be heavy money being bet on the Bills, and already there's been heavy money on the Bills knocking this line down from 2.5 to 1.5. So it would not surprise me if we see more money in the Bills and this drops a little bit further. Having said all this, Bernie, if it does hit pick, I will bet the Chiefs, and here's the reason why. If I told you this line was Kansas City minus three, we could actually have a, a, a discussion about, eh, you know, is it right, is it wrong, and maybe we'd like the Bills. But if I told you the Bills were minus three, you would just start cussing at me, saying I was completely incompetent, and of course I would be. I, obviously the Bills can't be laying three at Kansas City. We don't even know who the better team is, So, and the Chiefs are home. So. Pick is, is the point where all of a sudden I'm going to get involved and invest in Kansas City. I may bet them at minus one, but at pick, absolutely, they'd be a play. Hey, Fez, real quickly, not for nothing, let's grade a couple of props tomorrow. I did, I did it again. Later today, that our popular Rob Gronkowski over 63 yards receiving, yes or no? No. Uh, I don't like the fact that Gronk chased that million-dollar bonus week 18 instead of resting up and not getting much playing time. I think that will compromise him. He only got five catches last week. He'll get five catches this week for 45. All right. How about Odell Beckham Jr.? Will he throw a pass? Yes, plus 200. I think it's a good play, yes, because we don't trust – Stafford uh, and any chance to have somebody else uh, take the ball out of his hands for one less pass attempt and one possible less pick six sounds good to me. All right. We're going to continue with Steve Fezzik coming up. You coming to Vegas? We hope you are. Come on out. We're open. He's going to share with you the right way to gamble and the wrong way to gamble as you enjoy as you enjoy your Vegas junket. We'll give final thoughts on Rams, Tampa Bay, and Buffalo, Kansas City. But first... Well, let's go to the man. He not only taught Evan McPherson how to kick, he was once the lead singer for the band Evanescence. Brian Fairley with the latest. Ooh, I like that. I like that, Bernie. Yes. And from one good field goal kicking performance in McPherson to another in Robbie Gold, that is. And that's where we start here. Gold making a 45-yarder at the end of the fourth quarter to push the 49ers past the Packers 13-10 to get San Fran into the NFC Championship game. Of course, this was a game that took place in the divisional round yesterday, Saturday night at Lambeau Field. And special teams, they doomed the Packers. There was a field goal they had blocked and a punt was blocked as well. And that punt was taken back for a touchdown, that block pun. And after the game, a lot of discussion centering on what is the future going to be like for Pack quarterback Aaron Rodgers? And he talked about that with the media. You know, so many guys' contracts are, are up or on the brink or salary cap stuff. So a lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild uh, if, you know, if I'm going to keep playing. So uh, a lot of decisions, you know, in the next couple months. In the next day or less, San Fran is going to find out who they're going to play in the NFC Championship game as they await the winner of the Rams and the Bucks. 
AFC Divisional Round matchup went to the Bengals, the first of two at that level, as since he got the job done against the Titans, 19-16, with Evan McPherson connecting on a 52-yard field goal at the end of the ball game. Ryan Tannehill made three costly interceptions that really haunted his team, and Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow weathered the fact he was sacked nine times. He did sling it for 348 yards, and Cincinnati is going to be taking on either the Bills or the Chiefs, and those two will get it on later today. UFC 270, the main event, Francis Ngannou retaining the heavyweight title by beating Cyril Ghosn, viewed animus decision. And in the NBA, Chris Paul, 18.16 assists. The Suns have won six in a row after they tamed the Pacers 113-103. to The Cavs have won six out of their last seven after they get the job done against the Thunder 94-87. to And no Giannis Antetokounmpo, but they had Chris Middleton come to the rescue. That would be 34 points for him as he helps the Bucks get the victory against the Kings 133 to 127. With that, let's send a chest-high pass over to our man in Las Vegas. He is a double-double machine. It's Bernie Fratto. Oh, boy, Doug Gottlieb would be so proud. Good (laughs) stuff, uh, Brian. Okay, let's pick it up. Steve Fezzik, the Fezzik Five. Now, Fez is a veteran of many things, and if you are planning a trip, and we hope you are coming out to Vegas for your junket, you know, there's a right way to enjoy your gambling experience and a wrong way to enjoy your gambling experience. Fans, let's start with the right way. All right, so the right way, the hard right way, is devote a year of your life and really study either poker, sports betting, or blackjack and learn how to beat the game. All right, that's hard. So I'm not going to even talk about that. Let me talk about the easy way. So come to Vegas, play games that have tiny house advantages that are fun to play and easy to play. And craps is is probably the number one vehicle. Bernie, do you know when you bet $5 on the pass line at the craps table, that costs you seven cents? Now you can take odds. The odds in the long run, you're going to break even. So you're losing seven cents every $5 bet. I don't know about you. I can drink faster than I'm losing seven cents. So you have a positive expectation, betting small on a craps table, just hanging out and having a great time. And frankly, if everyone just bet only the pass line and the come and took their odds and nothing else at the craps table, uh, the casino would have to close that table down. They wouldn't make any money off of that. Yet people insist on doing everything else that has enormous house edges. So craps is your vehicle for a fun, free Las Vegas uh, gambling experience. And Fez, let's piggyback on that because you can park yourself at a craps table. You can kibitz with other people, take in the sights and sounds of Las Vegas, and you can even drink for free, Fez. Tell them how. Yeah, so absolutely. Just buy in for a couple hundred dollars, get your chips. You know what? You don't even have to play. Just like you said, talk talk to the players at the table. Pretend like you're trying to analyze what's going on. And when the cocktail waitress orders a drink, if you buy in for more than $100, Bernie, I've never seen someone not get away with it for half an hour where they can absolutely drink for free. Now, I would be remiss to say you can do the same thing playing blackjack when you have the basic strategy card. Just buy the card at a uh, convenience store. It'll tell you what to do. But you know what? 
that actually requires thought. And I don't want you to have to think when you're having fun in Vegas, because you have to have the acumen of a sharp ninth grader. And I understand we don't want to have to be at that high a level. So just go to the craps table. If you have no idea how to play craps, just go up there and say, I've never played before. I want to bet the pass line and take my odds. The dealers will show you how to do it. And don't let them talk you into betting anything else like hard ways and field and anything else. You're just going to bet the pass line, take the odds. A five-year-old can do it. You know how to do it now. Like I said, I tell the dealer, I want to I bet the pass line and I want to take my odds. Love the ninth grade reference, Fez. Three best years of my life, the ninth grade. <laughs> uh, talk a little bit about the roulette wheel because folks can park themselves there as well, have a lot of fun, and get the thrill that comes along with whether or not you won your bet. Give folks a quick primer on how they can enjoy the roulette wheel. Yeah, don't play. Um, just hang out by the wheel and write down what you would have bet and don't bet it. Well, here's the problem with roulette. Roulette has no good bets. The, roulette, the house edge in roulette is over 5%. So it's almost 10 times as high as it is against a blackjack basic strategy player or a craps player taking their odds. So roulette, the house edge is just too big. But you know what? Roulette is a bargain, Bernie, compared to playing slots, compared to playing Keno, and some of these other gimmicky games. In fact, if you like Keno, you're, I am your man. You're going to love this. I'm going to show you how to win a Keno the rest of your life. You go to a restaurant. Keno's fun. I play all the time. I play with my, my 10-year-old son. Sure. Okay, he's not 21. How does he gamble, Bernie? Because we fill out the cards. We just never give them our money. We just graded ourselves. And guess what? I've made thousands of dollars by not playing because nobody ever wins. The house edge is 20%. Don't play Keno. It's a stone-cold sucker game. But it's fun, so play for free. Good stuff, Fez, because there are lots of ways to come to Vegas and enjoy all of our accoutrements without giving away your hard-earned bankroll. All right, I want to circle back to the two games later today. The first one, Rams-Tampa Bay. As I mentioned, Brady 14-2 and in divisional games. He's won nine in a row in divisional games. Divisional round visitors in general, only 26-40 and 40 against the spread, 39%. Fez, I cannot pass up Tom Brady at home in this spot under a field goal. Agree or disagree? If I could bet it at Novig, I would bet Tampa Bay minus two and a half at even money. But you know what? I can't, Bernie. I have to lay the big, and it's minus 120 in most places. So, gun to my head, I'm going to pass because, you know what? We don't have to bet every game. It's just too That's tough. right. Great advice right there. And you know people won't follow it because the game's on TV, and they get high making the bet, not winning the bet. And that's okay. Just bet within your means and donate into your bankroll. All right, let's look to Buffalo, Kansas City. Again, you've got Patrick Mahomes at home laying less than a field goal. I can't pass it up. Am I right or wrong? You're wrong. You can pass it up. However, I'm going to give you a buy price. If, if you get minus one, bet on Kansas City. If you have to lay more than one, this is going to be a really, really close game. Bernie, it could easily be a 24-23 final. Lay one or less, I'll endorse the Kansas City bet. If it never appears, pass. Well, I got to ask you, you mentioned that score 24-23, that would be an under. Both games went under today. Frankly, I think the markets expect points in both games tomorrow. Gun to your head before we shut it down. Do you expect both games to go over, or either game to go over? Your thoughts? Gun to the head, I'll lean 
under in the Bucks game and I'll lean over in the Buffalo-Kansas City game. I don't think I've seen Buffalo punt in a month, and Kansas City never punts. <laughs> right, Bernie? <laughs> right. So you like both games over? Um, no, the first game I would lean on to Rams, Bucks, because Stafford, Rams don't trust Stafford. It's going to be a whole lot of acres and a lot of running. They're going to try to shorten the game. And a couple of big numbers. Have you ever seen a total of 55 in a playoff game? That's what it was in Buffalo KC, although it's come down, I think, to 54 and a half. Seems like every Kansas City game is in, is in the mid-50s during their, their playoff run, so uh, it's not unusual. And, and you know what? Both these teams are going to go for it on fourth down and be hyper-aggressive. I could, I, could, I could certainly see this game getting to 60. First and ninth grade reference, and then a Tom Jones reference. It's not unusual. Fez, great stuff as always. Good luck later today. We'll be talking soon, my friend. Don't play slots either, Bernie. If you have to play slots, play video poker with good payout odds. Thank you. Never. I got bone chips on my elbow anyway. I can't play slots. Great stuff, Fez. That is Steve Fezzik. Every week at this time during football season, we call it the Fezzik Five. Hey, man, we're just getting started. Coming up, we bring you back out to Las Vegas. You know him. You love him. You can't live without him. Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. We'll take a look at Bills, Chiefs, Rams, Bucks further and talk about their earlier schedule against other playoff teams. That's called transitive property. Who's the most battle-tested? Who's the most consistent? Mackenzie will give you the answer to both. I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Don't go away. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, getting ready for the second half of NFL Divisional Round. We've got Rams, Bucks, and Bills Chiefs, and let's bring you back out to Vegas. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Mackinac Sports, Mackenzie Rivers, and a little segment I'm going to call Transitive Property, Mackenzie, because in order to give some perspective on these matchups tomorrow, you might want to delve into ever so briefly how battle-tested, how consistent these two teams are, or these four teams are, and who you perhaps think is the most reliable based on their past performance against other playoff teams. Yes, and in the next hour, I will give you three props or two props, one for each of the games. But in this segment, I'm going to give you my best side pick, which I just decided in the last five minutes, staring at these numbers because something just hit me, Bernie. Okay. There's three teams that have held playoff teams. So 
playoff team versus playoff team. There's three playoff teams that have held other playoff teams under 20 points per game. Two of them today advanced to the conference championships. The 49ers did it in 10 playoff games versus playoff games. The Bengals did it in eight games they played versus playoff teams. And it was the one other team that did it. The Kansas City Chiefs, they held teams to 19.9 points per game. And this is the amazing thing. No other team in the field had as many games versus other playoff teams. I mean, think about all the... That doesn't even count the Chargers matchups, the Ravens matchups. But they played the Cowboys, the Packers, they played the Bengals. They played all the good teams, and their defense stood up in those games just like the Niners did, just like the Bengals' defense did against elite competition. Those two teams are through. The Buffalo Bills have the number one easiest schedule in the league so far. I don't think they're battle-tested like the Chiefs are. I think they're in a, for a rude awakening. They scored 47 the last time they stepped onto the field. I don't think they, th- I don't think they realize that this will be a level up in competition. All right, those are really good observations. And actually, in my handicapping, I looked at some of those same things. I'm on record. I have both home teams tomorrow. I got them both minus two, and I'm very comfortable with both those bets. So uh, I'm with you on Kansas City. Let's flip to the other game. Did you know McKenzie in the regular season? Of course, you know. The Rams won 12 games. Uh, However, of those 12 wins, only three were against teams who finished above 500, and they were 2-5 and against the number against playoff teams. I'm talking about the Rams. Do you – to what credence do you hold that in terms of how you might handicap the Rams and Tampa Bay? It's interesting because I just mentioned that the Chiefs were the most battle-tested team. Yep. They had the most playoff opponents. Well – the Bucks had the least matchups versus other playoff teams of any team in the field. That's a negative. But to the positive, they had the best winning percentage. They won five of six games against other playoff teams. That's a positive, but it keeps twisting and turning. The one time that they didn't win, that they didn't cover against an elite competition, against a playoff team, was week three. I called it game of the year. Probably a little premature considering that the next week they played the – New England Patriots, and everybody said that was the game of the year. But the only time they've slipped up was week three against the Rams. Is it a matchup thing, or is it just, hey, this team's really good? They win five of six against elite competition. They have an 83% chance or so to win tomorrow and do it again. So the Rams. I wouldn't be surprised to see it at all. Uh, you talk about the Bucs winning tomorrow. Yes, I, I am, okay. I'm leaning heavily in that yeah. direction. Yep. Well, me too. I've, I've already fired. So the Rams had six contest this year against teams who made the playoffs the Rams only had one more and they were two and five two and five against the number one thing uh let's talk about those are technical factors let's talk about fundamental factors the two times the Rams I thought look they got a little bit embarrassed this year were twice against the Niners and very much so against the Tennessee Titans the commonality very physical front sevens I expect the Tampa Bay Bucks much like they did in the playoffs last year to bring an extremely physical front seven against the Rams Sunday. How do you factor that in? I definitely think physicality is the name of the game. Such high-priced stars and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, they didn't really have the money to have the, you know, veterans, football players, football players in the middle of that rotation. And you think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running game. They don't run very often, one of the least in the league, but it's power, it's pull your guard, it's hit you in the mouth. That's the kind of thing that the 49ers broke up the Rams' hot streak on Week 17. I do think, especially if if Wirfs and Jensen 
are back and they're expected to be back. They're going to dress, that, yes. Yes, and I expect that physicality, just like you said, that's, that is the fly in the ointment of Sean McVay's beautifully orchestrated system. They have a lot of finesse players on that team. If you're running the ball down their throat, they tend to suffer. And Andrew Whitworth is out. I expect him to chase Matt Stafford hard, and he's going to have to throw more than 17 passes, uh, McKenzie. Way in. Do you like the total in that game? Uh, yeah, I mean, the 40, I mean, the Rams have had such good defensive performances against Tom Brady, but he's still Tom Brady. I expect him to get his, and Stafford is, you know, a playoff virgin or winning anyway. So I expect a little conservatism, so I lean under, but the Bucks are all of the Bucks, so I'm not going to bet it. All right, McKenzie will be back in an hour for the prop bets, 29 and 13 on the year. Get your pens and pencils ready. Coming up, the devil is always in the details. But there's one team from a fan standpoint I wish was in the playoffs this week because they're fun to watch, but they're not going to be there, and I'm going to tell you why. Don't go away. This is Bernie Friday. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. The Fox Sports Sunday train rolls right on. I'm Bernie Fratto. Coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We are just, oh, goodness, 10 hours, 59 minutes away from Rams, Bucks. And it's already been a very eventful divisional round playoff. You know, the future always has a way of arriving ahead of schedule. Remember back on Thursday September 9th, I know you do, it was an epic, entertaining, electric, exciting matchup to open the 2022 NFL campaign between the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dallas traveled down to Raymond James Stadium. And oh, nothing, 451 yards of offense. Uh, Dak Prescott, 42 of 58 for 403 and three touchdowns. Amari Cooper was sensational. Caught a couple of touchdown passes, 13 catches for 140 yards. C.D. Lamb, same situation, over 100 yards. And you're saying to yourself, this could finally be the year. This Dallas team really looks electric against the visiting, or check that, the home uh, defending champs. Tampa Bay did prevail 31-29, to but it was a game that could have gone either way. And honestly, this Dallas team just looked a little bit different on both sides of the ball, and you say to yourself, if they bring their best, could this finally be the year? And I think I was a little fooled. And now you take a look at their early exit, and as I said, the future always arrives ahead of schedule. And you're going to continue to hear Jerry in the news this week and Mike McCarthy in the news until they officially bring him back, which I believe they are, so don't let's not worry about that. But the, the early exit was... So on brand, so predictable. If you really, if you really unpack it, even afterward, the the hit parade continues. Dak Prescott uh, complaining about the refs and talking about how hard we work and we shouldn't be booed and and we give our heart and soul to this. And oh yeah, relax, Dak. You're getting paid. I think you're making about forty million a year. So you want to you want to play the sympathy card? Excuse me. And then you momentarily even credited fans for throwing debris at the rest, which I get you walk back, but it's hard to unring that bell. We're talking about a Dallas Cowboys team who last week in, in the wildcard round, they had more penalty yards than rushing yards versus the San Francisco 49ers, and they were home. The Cowboys were undisciplined. And this ultimately falls, I'm sorry, on head coach 
Mike McCarthy, a.k.a. Barney Rubble. Sorry, that's where it falls. A team always takes on the personality of their field general. Afterward, I wasn't there, but as I've been told, Jerry Jones, really, he looks sick. That's not trite phraseology. He looks sick. I understand he walked out of the locker room. He was walking toward a group of reporters uh, Sunday afternoon, and he just appeared stunned, completely stunned. You see, Dallas's season was really not supposed to end this way. They've got too much talent. They were healthy for the most part. They actually have an experienced coaching staff. There had been talk about, they call it the star there in Dallas, if you remember, if you saw Hard Knocks. There had been talk inside the star and certainly outside the star. This team absolutely had Super Bowl aspirations. They had a special group of talented players that I think had certainly had the ability on paper to at least get the Cowboys back into the conference championship game. And that would have been the first time in 27 years. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Instead, the Cowboys, they end up in the wild card round, losing 23-17 to San Francisco. There were 94,000 Cowboy faithful there that day. And I think they probably left sick, disappointed, believe they deserve to win the game, believe they deserve to go farther, further in the playoffs. To say it was a letdown, massive understatement. Dallas is a cool city, and they love their football team. And the, and the league is better when the Cowboys are good. The league is better when the Raiders are good. You get, you get where I'm going with this. They even asked Jerry Jones, when's the last time you were this disappointed over a loss? He said he couldn't remember. And I believe him. The Cowboys were home. They were hosting the NFC's sixth seed. Now, it wasn't an ideal matchup for the Cowboys because the Niners, they entered the postseason having won seven of their previous nine games. The Niners are a team to build to run the football. They're built to stop the football. They're elite on many levels. Dallas was built to throw the football and shut down opposing passers who try to keep up with them. But the Niners just marched down the field on their opening position, scored a touchdown, then they added field goals the next three times he had the ball. And the Cowboys, they started, you know, like a team that looked moribund. Uh, you know, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, for whatever reason, I don't understand the constant underappreciation for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he's 36 and 18 as a starter. I think he's 15 and 4 against the spread as an underdog. And you think he's 5 and 1 in the playoffs. But even in that game, if I'm being honest, he missed some balls. If he'd been more accurate, the game could have been a blowout. And, and and after Dallas scored first, Garoppolo underthrew Brandon Ayuk on the first play of the next series, and the play still went for a 37-yard game. The key is San Francisco looked like they showed up and they were ready to play. And once again, for the umpteenth time, we're talking about a team hasn't won a playoff game since 1995 that just looked like they weren't ready. Now, the Cowboys had their best opportunity to put together the game-winning drive when they got the ball back at their 16-yard line, they had just under three minutes remaining and all three timeouts. This is where you make your bones, Dak Prescott. They don't pay quarterbacks to punt. They don't quit pay quarterbacks to fizzle out in fourth-quarter drives. They get paid to move the chains on third down, to win in the red zone, and to win in the fourth quarter. That's where you make your money. By the way, not for nothing, the 49ers were without their two top defenders. Nick Bolsa was out. He had a concussion. And linebacker Fred uh, Warner had an ankle issue. Did Dak Prescott truly take advantage? No, he finished the day 23 of 43, 
only 254 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and a 69 passer rating. It's just, and then afterward, of course, there was the obligatory, you know, uh, pablum. Dak Prescott said, well, it's not good enough. Simple as that. I take a lot of pride in my job, and I take accountability in this loss. I've got to play better to help this team win and overcome some of the things that we put ourselves into. First, don't end the sentence on a preposition, number one. Number two, don't tell me. Show me. Please. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, who had a fantastic season, he sat very dejected on the sideline. That's a visual that will stick with Cowboys fans. What's interesting, Dallas actually had one more chance with 32 seconds remaining. Now, they needed to go 80 yards for the win, but with 14 seconds left, they'd already moved the ball to San Francisco's 41. And here's where the drama comes to the the epilogue. Dak Prescott takes off on a run, sliding after a 17-yard gain, but with no timeouts, the clock continued to run, and the Cowboys were unable to get off another play, which you already know. Now, they blame the officials for you know, doing a poor job of spotting the ball, and one official even ran into Prescott as he was getting under center, and Dallas should have probably been able to spike it with one second left on the clock when he one more play from the 49ers' 24-yard line. However, when that didn't happen, the official ruled the game was over, and then mayhem happened. Angered fans, they started to throw bottles and objects onto the field, and I think, in a, in, and again, Dak Prescott again, loved the microphone that day in another odd game, Odd uh, post-game moment, Prescott was very disappointed uh, when first asked about fans throwing objects at, at Cowboys players, but then later when he was told the fans were actually targeting the officials, he said, oh, well, credit to them, credit to them, which drew some obligatory laughter. And then, of course, Prescott was given the opportunity to clarify his response. Look, the officials have been a hot topic with the Cowboys all season. Dallas was NFL, the NFL's second most penalized team during the regular season. And, of course, head coach Mike McCarthy, here we go again. And he, he, they, he, he and along with some players, complained about officiating after losses. Uh, the Cowboys were flagged 14 times for 89 yards last Saturday. And what did I just say? The Cowboys had more penalty yards than rushing yards versus San Francisco. But take a look in the mirror, okay? They looked unprepared. And these things ultimately fall, as I said, on Mike McCarthy. Now, Jerry Jones was asked about a potential head coaching change after the game. And he said, I don't even want to discuss anything like that at this particular time. Quote, no discussion about anything. I'm not going to discuss coaching, the preparation, any of those things. That's not on the table. Then Mike McCarthy was asked if he had any concerns about his future in Dallas. McCarthy, right on cue, says, quote, I don't have any concerns. I'm proud to be standing here today. I am proud of my football team. Why? Why? How can you be proud of that? Are you kidding me? That doesn't pass the smell test. Now, if I were the owner, would I bring McCarthy back? Yes. I would bring him back for a third season. And likely he will be back for a third season. But some changes to his staff are probably certain. Someone's going to have to pay the price for this early exit debacle. There's also the chance that offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore and their defensive uh, coordinator, Dan Quinn, who's been to a Super Bowl as a head coach. Uh, well, he's been to the Super Bowl uh, in, you know, as, a, as a defensive coordinator in Seattle, and he was head coaching in Atlanta. 
so he has head coaching experience. I expect Dan Quinn to get at least one offer. Not sure about Kellen Moore. I do know he's interviewing with the Denver Broncos. He may have interviewed last week. He may interview this week. You've got other coaches on staff that might end up being replaced. I I don't think the roster is going to look the same. There will be several key players that are hitting free agency. And I think that's what disappoints Jerry Jones the most. He he had a, a quote that I thought was fairly inarguable, fairly accurate. He said, quote, when you... When you get this combination of players together, you need to have success because we all know how it goes in the NFL. The whole thing is set up to take away from the best and add the ones that need improvement. And personnel-wise, I think we have one of the best teams. How can you argue with that on paper? Look at the weapons they had on offense. I just talked about the September 9th opening Thursday game to kick off the 2022 season when they traveled to Tampa Bay. Raymond James Stadium lost to the Buccaneers 31-29. to Dallas really looked good that night, though. Dak Prescott, 450 yards passing, or 403 yards passing, three touchdowns. Cowboys outgained the Bucs, had 460 yards of offense. So what happens? As the season goes on, the devil in the details reared its head. Whether it was penalties, turnovers, inopportune plays, they were undisciplined in many games where it mattered most, especially in their loss to the 49ers. And that ultimately falls on Mike McCarthy. Now, earlier this past week, Stephen Jones said, quote, he believed he was confident that McCarthy would return. They haven't definitively said he's coming back. Do I believe he is? Yes, I do. I do believe he is. We'll see what happens. Look, whether or not you love or hate the Cowboys, the opposite of love in sports is not hate. It's indifference. To hate a team, you have to have been invested in some sort of emotion. It's the same emotion that creates love. The opposite of love is hate, not indifference. People weigh in on the Cowboys. They either love the Cowboys, they hate the Cowboys. They make fun of the fact they're America's team or they embrace it. They play in a cool stadium in a great city, and their legacy in the annals of the NFL history is complete. It's just that they've been in this three-decade drought, which Jerry Jones, who isn't getting any younger, he's in his late 70s now, would like to see that end one time. And the man has been willing to spend money and pay his players and build a palace for them to play in. You can't tell me you wouldn't have thought it would be really cool if the Cowboys would have gotten to the NFC Championship game and even the Super Bowl. Because at that point, you can love to hate them, or love to love them, you could root against them or root for them, bet against them, or bet on them. Coming up, let's bring in the crew. Let's get their thoughts. If they were Jerry Jones for a day, would they bring back Mike McCarthy? Yes or no? How much of the blame do they believe falls on Mike McCarthy for the season and the final debacle against the 49ers? And while we're at it, maybe they've got a favorite team and their eye on a coach that if they were the GM of that team, they would like to hire. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studio. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday at Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, taking you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Just, oh, we're about uh, 10 hours, 37 minutes away from Rams Bucks, but... Uh, I want to continue my earlier discussion. Mike McCarthy's taking a lot of heat. He'll either get fired or he won't. I don't think he will. I put most of the blame on him for what happened because he's the leader of the pack. Let's bring in the crew, Brian Finley. How much blame do you give Mike McCarthy, and would you bring him back next year? Bernie, I am definitely bringing him back. I understand that Jerry Jones is loyal. I think one more season at at least, considering I don't think a lot of it's his issues. I think there's a much bigger issue, and it should be on Jerry Jones because as much good as he does for that organization, he gets in its way too many times, and that is shown by... It's a team, Bernie. It's like a great book cover. It's shiny, it's sparkly, but then when you open up the book and you read the contents, it doesn't live up to the book cover. Their wins, a lot of them were against teams that were below 500. There were not playoff teams. And as I think a stat was pointed out, they didn't do well in the regular season against playoff teams. So there, there's this Fugazi element to them. And I, I think the first thing they got to do is move their running back in Ezekiel Elliott because I think he's dead weight right now. All right, you covered a lot of ground there. Um, and I do know that in the past, Jerry has seemingly gotten the way, but um, he stayed out of the way in Sunday's, Saturday's loss to the 49ers. So, and I'm in agreement, Brian. I, I, would, uh, I would actually bring him back. I know I pick on him. But I think it would do more harm than good to try to start over after uh, two years. Chris Perfett, your thoughts on the matter? So as far as assigning Blaine, I do assign quite a bit there. I know that a lot of it came down to how Dak Prescott executed that play at the end of the game. But he signed off on the play. And the thing, Bernie, is that it was a very classic what we've seen with Mike McCarthy. At the end of that game, same problem we've seen with him for years and years in Green Bay. He doesn't know how to manage the clock in late game situations. Mm. That's like the main thing. That was the always the concern mm. is his clock management at the end of the game. And it's so crucial, especially when you have your coordinators dialing up the plays. Your only job is to manage the clock in those situations. And he's just not doing a good job at it. Um, I think he comes back. But if I was Jerry Jones, I probably wouldn't bring him back. And I think probably two of the reasons is one, I don't think he was the right hire to begin with. And again, those clock management issues aren't going away, and I'm not sure what value he really brings to the team in that regard. But also, and this is something that we're going to see going towards the coaching carousel, he's really one of those coaches that is built upon his coordinators, and both Dan Quinn, his defensive coordinator, and Kellen Moore, his offensive coordinator, are getting real looks to be head coaches. And if he loses one or both of those coordinators, a lot of his value as the coach there is evaporated. He would have to, and I, I get that you want to kind of keep him around. You want that continuity. But if you're losing your staff, what's the point of the? I mean, he's going to have to go and hire a new staff anyway. So what's the point? I would go find someone 
who's a little more forward thinking, who can manage the clock better, and just in general can doesn't have this <clears throat> lingering problem that Mike McCarthy has. Right. Fair enough. Now, and you covered a lot of good ground there. A couple of things. What is he? What value does he bring? He doesn't talk back to Jerry Jones. If you notice, Jerry Jones only hires subservient people and keeps them around. Right. That's why uh, I, I think like- Jerry will bring him back, but I would say I would not. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, he does have a Super Bowl on his resume, and that's not, you know, I can't completely poo-poo that. So he knows what what that looks like, but there's sort of a subtext to what you're getting at and that he doesn't prepare his team properly. Let's juxtapose that and, and, and go back to Super Bowl Forty Nine when Bill Belichick ran that pick-rub play against the Seattle Seahawks. They had practiced that play, practiced that play, practiced that play on the slant route that they knew Russell Wilson might throw, and it worked. McCarthy claims they practiced that play, but if they did so, why wouldn't they know how to hand the ball to the referee? Why would you run 17 yards instead of 10 yards? Why would you not be more cognizant of how much time was left? If you really practice it, again, I go back to my... Back to my premise, the devil is in the details. So, one last time, Chris, would you give Mike McCarthy a chance to correct those details by spelling them out? Not really, because I feel like he's had, again, it's not just that one play, it's all these other ones on his resume. I know he has a Super Bowl ring, but that, like, just like we're doing with Aaron Rodgers, that Super Bowl ring is pretty old at this point. It's been a minute since he's got that Super Bowl ring. Decade, 11 years, yeah. Yeah, and I know, like... You know, Leslie Frazier once won 10 games in a season 10 years ago for for the Vikings. I know he's mm-hmm. getting some head coaching considerations since, yep. but I it just sometimes guys just aren't up with the times in the NFL, and I just think that's the case for Mike McCarthy. I think he did probably practice that play, but as you say, if you can't execute it, then what's the point of the practice? Yeah, to me, that's the biggest glaring thing. It's just the devil is in the details, and that's not trite phraseology. That matters and god did it show on that last play uh for multiple reasons which i'm i'm just not going to go into again uh right now okay bull benson your thoughts would you bring back mike mccarthy and how much do you put on his shoulders for that loss to the 49ers i wouldn't have brought him back last year after he admitted that he lied to jerry jones about studying analytics or whatever to get the job in the first place right right. um i chris is like mccarthy is kind of like Super overrated, if you ask me. I, oh, I yeah. feel like Aaron Rodgers carried most of the load for uh, those Packers teams, so it wasn't the best hire in the first place. I'm shocked that Jerry Jones didn't just fire him so he could promote Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn and not lose them to other teams, because I do think both of them, at least Dan Quinn is going to get a job this offseason for some reason. Um, so, yeah, I would move on from McCarthy, and I, I do blame him a little bit just because, I mean... For everything else, the penalties, that's head coaching. You have to teach your guys to be disciplined. But, like, Dak should have known the rules, and he's the quarterback. So I don't think McCarthy should have to teach him, like, hey, give the ball to the ref. Like, that's something the, the quarterback should know. Because I don't think you would see many other many other teams' quarterbacks make a mistake like that at the end of the game. He should have known that. And the question would be, why didn't he? Who gapped out? So if you're Coach McCarthy and certainly Kellen Moore, you're saying, okay, this is a play. This is a play. You can only run 11 yards because if you run more than that, too much time is going to come off the clock. Your first move, find the ref, hand him the ball, and get in formation. 
So they either practiced it or they didn't, or they practiced it improperly. Yeah. It, and it, it could just be, too, that in the moment that Dak kind of spaced and in a rush just got lost because it was a playoff game. So, I mean, maybe they did go over it, but I, I the penalties and stuff, like I said, like that's all McCarthy to me, but sometimes players have to execute. So I don't know how much you can blame the coaches for Dak having a brain fart. It's an excellent talking point. I think you can blame the coaches a lot. At the end of the day, someone's got to be the sheriff. And when I listen to Mike McCarthy talk, he's never been, he's always to me been an inartful communicator. You guys remember last August, I kept making fun of him on hard knocks. They had a hell of a team this year. They underachieved. Juxtapose that with a, good, a guy like Sean McVay, who's detailed, who's brilliant, I think, who shows well, who communicates well. And I think his words resonate. I would bring Mike McCarthy back, but I got to tell you, I have no faith that it's going to be any different uh, next season. I just think Jerry Jones' hands are tied. And by the way, let's not bury the lead. I believe Mike McCarthy has two years left on his contract. And Jerry Jones, if there's one thing that drives him nuts, it's you know one thing, not salting your McGriddle during hard knocks. The second thing is paying a coach on the payroll who's not on your sideline anymore. Jerry Jones hates that. All right, coming up. The baseball players were locked out December 2nd. They had a meeting January 13th, went nowhere. But Monday, the Players Union is going to present, the Major League Baseball Players Union is going to present a counteroffer. We are about mm, 26 days from spring training. We're, the season's supposed to start March 31st. Is there, is there... A light at the end of the tunnel. I'll tell you what I think coming up. But first, well, let's go to the man. He is a busy man. Former lead singer for Evanescence, coaching Evan McPherson, former drummer for My Chemical Romance, and he still has time to bring us his fine updates. Brian Fenley with the latest. And I'm also an accomplished air guitarist, Bernie, so make sure Nicely you, done. Yes, make sure you add that to my resume. So as far as, I know you're going to talk about baseball and the, and the labor dispute. There's no labor issue with the NFL. However, there might be a dispute internally with the Packers concerning what they're going to do with a special teams coordinator here because special teams dooming Green Bay in their loss on Saturday in the NFC divisional round 13 to 10 to the 49ers with Niner kicker Robbie Gold striking in a 45 yarder there was snow coming down on the field at Lambeau not optimal conditions he knocks it in right at the end of the fourth quarter and Green Bay had a field goal and a punt blocked and that blocked punt was taken all the way back for a score and now San Francisco into the NFC championship game where they will await the winner of the Rams and Bucks which is going to be happening later on today. The Bengals are on to the AFC championship game after they go into Nashville and spook the number one seed in the AFC, the Titans, 19-16. Cincinnati rookie kicker Evan McPherson, as clutch as can be, made a 52-yarder at the end of the fourth. And not so clutch was Tennessee quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, who had not one or two, but three interceptions. And that third one came with about 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Just enough time for Cincy to get down the field and set up that game-winning field goal. And let's not forget that Joe Burrow 
even though he threw 348 yards through the air, he was sacked nine times and so was able to still win despite the offensive line letting him down at times. And Cincinnati will look ahead to who they're going to play next, and it's either going to be the Bills or the Chiefs. And those two will face off later today as well. In the NBA, a light night on Saturday. There were three games. The Suns win a sixth straight as they obliterate the Pacers 113 to 103. The Cavs continue to add on to their record, which is well over 500, with a 94 to 87 W against the Thunder. In fact, Cleveland has won six out of their last seven games. And the Bucks won despite no Giannis Antetokounmpo out with a right knee soreness. So Chris Middleton had 34 points stepping in as someone in the starring role in a victory over the Kings, 133 to 127. With that, let's get back to our man in Las Vegas who takes on this show in a starring role. It is our guy, Bernie Fratto. Thanks so much, Brian. You're right. Uh, Tennessee had nine sacks on Joe Burrow tonight. He, Burrow got hit more than Rocky Balboa. 13 quarterback hits, eight tackles for loss. Even The uh, Titans even outgained the Bengals, but the Bengals proceed with the victory. Meanwhile, the Titans, wah, 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 wah. shame. I had them going to the Super Bowl, be that as it may. All right, we're about 24 days from the start of spring training. I'm talking about Major League Baseball now. About 68 days from opening day. <coughs> Two dates that feel about as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uncertain, artificial as ever. I think it's entirely possible we do not start spring training on time. And as each day passes, the likelihood of missing regular season games, frankly, goes up exponentially. And if that happens, I am telling you, this is going to be a stain on Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred for his entire careers. So here's a quick memo to Rob Manfred. Right now, both sides are dug down. I don't know if that's proper vernacular. Um, there's a tendency for folks, including the media, uh, to really draw too many quick conclusions without knowing all the facts, even, you know, in, in this negotiation is far from over. But Rob Manfred made his bones. He made his name negotiating collective bargaining agreements as a professional. And he's going to start to face more pressure as the days dwindle. What's crazy is uh, Major League Baseball owners locked out the players back on December 2nd, and I know why they did it. Because back in 1994, the World Series was canceled. The reason it was canceled is because the league and the union played the 1994 season without an agreement. It expired on December 31st, 1993. So as good faith, they thought they could get this done. And they thought they would get an agreement. But they didn't. And the same elements that existed then exist now. There's a gap. There's a gap because the union sees major financial gains in a number of areas that Major League Baseball has benefited from, but the owners are trying to hold firm with what they currently pay in salaries. In other words, revenues have grown exponentially in Major League Baseball, but those revenues have not been shared in the same percentage. For instance, since 2008, 
Baseball revenues have doubled from a little over $5 billion to about $11 billion. But player salaries have only risen about 45% on the aggregate. So you've got this commissioner who made his name negotiating collective bargaining agreements, but yet they took 43 days after December 2nd locking him out to tender any proposal for the players. And the players, they did not like what they saw. And they rejected it summarily and uh, may have even dropped a few F-bombs. So for now, Rob Manfred finds himself in an interesting dilemma. He's got to satisfy both the large market and small uh, market owners without tanking the sport. Meanwhile, the players, they are very locked in about the fact they want to recoup what they lost in the last CBA in 2016. So here's where we're at. It looks like that the, and again, I mentioned that it took 43 days for the league to approach the players' union with an offer, some sort of offer, after locking them out December 2nd. And that included paying players with two to three years of service based on a formula, some slight modifications to the draft lottery, and they had, uh, the owners had previously proposed, and a certain mechanism that would reward teams with draft picks when they're top prospects who start on opening day win roster rewards. But it's not really addressing the elephant in the room, all right? Any concessions players make in their offer, which is forthcoming this Monday, so we're going to find out, maybe that starts to provide a roadmap to real negotiations. However, I am not confident. Before implementing the lockout, the owners asked the union to drop three areas of discussion, earlier free agency for players, uh, salary arbitration after two years instead of three, and changes to the revenue-sharing plan. And that's the heart and soul of this whole agreement or disagreement. Revenue-sharing and the fact that the players' union believes strongly that the owners are using the luxury tax as a de facto salary cap. All right, we're going to continue to follow this story because it's being overshadowed by the NFL playoffs. But after the Super Bowl, now the Super Bowl is Sunday, February 13th. Typically, pitchers and catchers start to report February 15th, which is just two days later. Watch how this story will start to pick up steam after the Super Bowl, as many spring training cities will be looking forward to welcoming teams. Do I think spring training is going to start on time? No, I do not. Do I think the regular season will start on time? See me in two weeks. I think it's in jeopardy already. These two sides do not like each other. These two sides are far apart. And I don't know who's going to blink first. All I know is I'm telling you, the same elements, the same angst, the same talking points, the same disagreements exist now that existed in 1994. And that kind of anger and contempt caused the World Series to be canceled. Now, the season is going to start at some point. Cooler heads will eventually prevail. But there could be damage done. There could be irreparable damage done this time. We don't know. What I do know is this. Rob Manfred, you're the commissioner. Here's a chance for you to make a real mark for yourself. Let's see if you can do it. Coming up, we bring you back out to Las Vegas. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. He's been 29-13 and 13 in his prop bets this year. You call that money. Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. 
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Great pull by Chris Perfett there. The legendary Sanford Townsend band. You've never heard from them because they're a one-hit wonder. But we like Motown music here on this show. Good good, good pull there, Chris. All right, bring you back out to Vegas. You know him, you love him, can't live without him. Mackin' on sports, Mackenzie Rivers in this spot for the last uh, 20 weeks or so. He's uh, done yeoman's work in giving you winners in the prop market, 29 and 13. Uh, usually he'll give you three because there are three time windows for the NFL Sunday every week. But tomorrow there's only two. So am I correct in assuming, McKenzie, you've only got two uh, best prop bets for Sunday? Correct Mundo, as Fez would say. I mean, Fonz would say, speaking of cool guys. But um, yes, and it's going to be oh, very difficult. Look at you difficult. with the Happy Days reference. <laughs> It'd be very difficult. I mean, my goal, I told you the very first week, it's to be profitable. Two yeah. and one is a great week. It's hard when there's only two plays. We're going to have to go two and no, but that is what I intend to do. And speaking of Motown music, quite a big day for a former Detroiter tomorrow or today in a couple hours. Matthew Stafford is in the game of his life. You might have heard it. After 13 years in the league, he finally got his first NFL career win. Well, what did he do in that game? He had 21 rushing yards. I'm going to go over Stafford just two and a half rushing yards because this is that moment. It's Katie bar the door, as you like to say. And I like that expression, too, because it's like, let's do everything we possibly can. Only twice in the last five years has Stafford ran for more than 20 rushing yards. Once was week four in the Rams' first loss of the season, the first time they were pressed. He ran six times, had 22 rushing yards. The only other time in the last five years he had 22-plus rushing yards, last week in his first career playoff win. It's very, very difficult in the NFL to go on schedule. And when you have the whole weight of the world, your entire legacy, is he Kirk Cousins or is he Phillip Rivers, a guy that we actually think will make the Hall of Fame one day? All of that's on Stafford's legacy tomorrow. I think with that great Bucks defensive front that forces quarterbacks to get uncomfortable. They've allowed the fourth most rushing yards to quarterbacks and the least rushing yards to running backs. I think we see that at least once tomorrow. It's only two and a half. It's a low number. I'm going Matthew Stafford to have over two and a half rushing yards. I think you might have had one or two experiences watching yeah. Stafford there in Detroit. What do you think of that play and of the game in general where Stafford stands in it? I think it's entirely possible it hits. Matt Stafford is actually better than people realize when it comes to keeping plays alive 
with his feet. He used to do it a lot more earlier in his career. Uh, no one's going to confuse him with Joss Allen, but he's not a three-toed sloth either. He can run a little bit. <laughs> and actually, he has pretty good vision and pretty good decision-making ability when it comes to seeing that a play is broken down and recognizing, A, whether the defense is in uh, man-to-man, which means the the cornerback's back to him and he can run north and south, or whether they're in zone and he can uh, you know, roll right or left and while his receivers sight adjust the routes and take off, and he'll find the chains, and if it's third and six, he'll get to the chain to get the first down. So that's actually a tool Matt does have in his box, if I'm being fair and objective, which I'm sure I just shocked a million people because I complimented <laughs> Matt Stafford. All right, Mackenzie. Uh, by the way, when you give your second prop, I'm going to have you grade a couple of quick ones. Go ahead. That's awesome. Happy to do it. Let's go quarterbacks rushing over for 200. You mentioned Josh Allen. He is amazing. He's Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson was four inches taller and 50 pounds heavier, <laughs> but his rushing prop is too high. It's finally, they finally corrected it. It's at 55 and a half right now. That's his playoff average. They finally corrected it, but they haven't made the proper adjustment for the guy I'm going with. Patrick Mahomes over 24 rushing yards. You might remember we cashed last week. It was only 18 and a half. They bumped it up a little bit, yep. but he's still averaging and you take away his injury games. He had a couple of playoff injury games. 30 rushing yards per playoff game. Katie barred the door with him. Last AFC Championship game, he had a 94 QBR. I think people forget in the biggest games we've seen, he's had 90-plus QBR in the playoffs four times. That's crazy. He tends to show up, but that's just past. What I like right now is the Bills' defense is number four versus opposing tight ends. Kelsey's going to have a trouble get going. Might be a third third down where he doesn't have anything. Real Bills quickly. are number one versus opposing wide receivers. That ain't going to work for Hill. That's why I like Mahomes rushing over 18 and a half, 24 and a half. All right, I'll come back to the Bills quickly. Real quickly, Rob Gronkowski over 63 yards receiving, yes or no? Bills, number one against opposing tight ends. I like the under. No, don't no, go No, Rob, Rob Gronkowski. Oh, against the uh, Rams. They are also decent against the tight ends, but they're going to have to go with them. Right. They're going to have to go with his bread and butter without the other weapons there, so that makes sense to me. Just got five seconds. OBJ, will he throw a pass? Yes or no? Plus 200. Yes, Stafford All is right. not the guy to go to. All right, by the way, I kind of like the Josh Allen over rushing yards of 53. He rushed for 59 against Kansas City back in week five. Wouldn't surprise me if he did it again. All right, good stuff, McKenzie. We'll keep track. You'll be back next week for more. Coming up, what kind of brand new fool are you? Keep it locked right here. Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. The Fox Sports Sunday train keeps right on rolling along. Three down, one to go. We are nine hours and 59 minutes away from Rams Bucks. And I will tell you, if Sunday is anything like Saturday, you better buckle up and expect the unexpected. We always have to expect the unexpected in sports. Remember, Bob Euchre once hit a home run off Sandy Koufax. But I digress. All right. This time every week, We realize and recognize and call to your attention all around the world, sometimes right in these United States, or sometimes in faraway places on the planet, we find that people just do things that cause you to scratch your head that we formed into a segment we affectionately call, What Kind of Brand New Fool Are You? What kind of brand new fool are you? 
All right. This has been a theme all night, so I'll get in and out of it quick so the crew can give their thoughts. And this is the first time I'm ever going to have a full duo. One guy is called Dak. The other guy is called Mike. And, yeah, I'm going to go back to last Saturday for that debacle you call a Dallas Cowboy performance in that final play of the game that was so delicious, I just can't stop thinking about it. 14 seconds to go. Dak Prescott takes off and runs, slides, puts the ball down, attempts to snap it, not realizing that you've got to hand the ball to the referee first. He's the only one that can place the ball. But they defend the play after the game. Are you kidding me? And Mike McCarthy says, we even practiced it. You practiced it, and you defended it, which means you do the same thing again. How'd it work out for you? It's going to be a long, cold winter in Dallas. It's a shame, too, because they really had talent this year, and I expected a lot more out of the Dallas Cowboys. But for this one day, Dak and Mike. No, check that. Mike and Dak, Dak and Mike, however you want to do it, Mike drop. And then, oh, by the way, after in the post-game press conference, they both doubled down, and Dak says when he finds out fans are throwing things at the ref, he says credit to them, and then he tries to walk it back. It just never ends. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Okay, I'm done. Dak and Mike, what kind of brand-new fools are you? Chris Perfett, you're up. All right, Bernie. Funny enough, I think I am going to keep it in the world of football because there was another fool that made himself very foolish, and I've got... I don't know. I've been talking about with this with Bo all morning, and I feel like if you are a man of Aaron Rodgers' stature and you've made this entire season now about about yourself, about how you're so much smarter than everyone else, be it about arguing about vaccines mm-hmm. or about what you said to a media or how you think you've pulled one over on the media or that you put an Ayn Rand book on your shelf and then like try to say, oh, I've never even read it. Oh, you guys are the ones taking it. I don't even know what this is. You... There's certain levels to which you can get away with that and you can come off thinking you're so clever and witty. But at that point, when you've teed yourself up to be the main villain and then you've come out flat in a game against San Francisco where the the Packers didn't like held the 49ers to no touchdowns either given up offensively or defensively and the and the 49ers still win. You're you're on the line here. You you started this year with the with the last dance video with the last dance invoking the last dance on on your social media on on your feuds with the organization on everything else on how you're so cle- more clever than everyone else. Well, you know what? You maybe maybe Boomer Esiason's right. Maybe you are boycotting the Super Bowl because you're not going there this year. All this, all this talk and all this chatter around Aaron Rodgers, you want to be the main character. It just turned out your main character happened to be a villain, and now everyone's clowning on you, Aaron Rodgers. You were the fool here. You sat on that bench and watched that game slip away from your team. Can't disagree with anything you said there, and I actually like Aaron Rodgers. And add to that, he did it with a smirk on his face all off season and during the regular season. And now, well... He's Not act- smiling no more. No, and then he acted a fool. I don't think anybody can disagree with that. All right, good stuff, Chris. Let's go to Brian Finley. What kind of fool are you? Yeah, so as much as there can be some blame that has to be placed on Aaron Rodgers, let's not forget about the special teams. That was certainly foolish oh, yeah. in this game. We mentioned this multiple times from the blocked field goal and the blocked punt, which happened to come in the second half, and the blocked punt was taken back for the touchdown. But... 
one photo that has gone viral was something that was snapped the last play of this game when Robbie Gold was setting up for the 45-yarder, which he made in snowy conditions to put San Fran into the NFC Championship game. But if you count the number of Green Bay players on the field, Bernie, there are only 10 Green Bay players. And last time I checked... 11 is what you can have. This is inexcusable as far as a mistake here. I get it. Things like this happen when you're playing Pop Warner and you've got these little tykes running around and it's like herding cats. But you can't have that happen at this level. These are grown men. They're getting paid large sums of money. Coaches are as well. The fact that that was seen was in a complete embarrassment and a fool on anybody that has their fingerprints involved in Green Bay special teams. All right, nicely done. Uh, a lot of covered a lot of ground there, and uh, love the ten men on the field. Uh, possibly even a little Giants reference. They would have never had ten men on the field. The little Giants would be too busy running the annexation of Puerto Rico. But I digress. Bo Benson, you're up. Uh, Earlier this week, a report came out that uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel was on a game-to-game basis as the team's head coach, um, which all came to a head, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday when he benched Russell Westbrook in a loss to the Pacers, who had, like, two wins on the road all season before then. Um, I think the biggest fool in this scenario is the Lakers front office and ownership for allowing it to get to this point because – the idea of a head coach being on a game-to-game basis is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And also, uh, you know, good job by the Lakers for making all those people that doubted them back in 2020 uh, look right two years later. Um, but I guess also it kind of strengthens LeBron and Anthony Davis's legacy because they still managed to carry that franchise to another title. So uh, just a, a bad, bad, foolish week in Lakerland out here. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. And I also happen to think Frank Vogel is a very good coach. So uh, I, if you're placing the blame on him for assembling a roster that's really not able to compete defensively in this man's NBA, good one, Bull. What kind of brand-new fool are you? All right. And on that note, another successful weekly segment of what kind of brand-new fool are you. And so why not, as we are on a roll, morph into, segue into another of America's favorites that we also affectionately call What My Name? Alrighty. I am one of two quarterbacks in NFL history to start 10 playoff games before my 27th birthday. Chris Perfett, What My Name? Who? Uh, I'm going to say Peyton Manning. Okay, not bad. Not a correct guess, but not bad. Uh, He's got a TV show now, I think. The Manning cast, something like that. All right. I am only one of two quarterbacks to start 10 playoff games before my 27th birthday. Brian Finley, what my name? Russell Wilson. Another good guess, but I'm sorry. All right. You guys have been on fire. We'll see if Bo Benson can get this ball. I'm one of two quarterbacks to start 10 playoff games in the National Football League before my 27th birthday. Paul Benson. Uh, let's try Patrick Mahomes. Oh! Winner, winner! Chicken dinner! Look, mama, there go that man. Oh, what? You know what? We had so much fun. I'm the other quarterback 
to win or check that to start 10 NFL playoff games by my 27th birthday. Chris Perfett, what my name? Oh, man. Um, Russell, was Russell Wilson thrown out? Yeah. I, 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 it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Not easy. This game is not easy, folks. You sit there at home. You drive around in your cars. You listen on Sirius XM 83. I'm telling you, folks, this ain't so easy. I'm sorry. All right. I'm the other quarterback to start 10 NFL playoff games prior to my 27th birthday. Brian Finley. Tom Brady? Oh, another excellent guess, but unfortunately, no. (laughs) Unfortunately, no. All right. We'll see if the cleanup man, Bull Benson, can come through again. I'm the second quarterback to start 10 playoff games in my playoff history before my 27th birthday in the National Football League. Bull Benson, what my name? Uh, how about uh, Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, my God, Bull, two for two. Bull, what's your secret, I, man? You've I been killing that, this game. I hope that Aaron Rodgers is listening so he can see what it's like for someone to carry a team. I, of course he's listening. He listens to this show. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Aaron Andrews, Aaron Torres. Every, everybody named Aaron listens to uh, Hank Aaron. Everybody. Aaron, Aaron Donald. He should be sleeping right now. Hell no, he's listening to the damn show. You know what? We're having so much fun. I can't. I, again, I haven't had this. Haven't been this fired up since I saw Jerry Jones pour salt on his McGriddle back during Hard Knocks. Let's do one more for posterity. On this day in 1973, as a professional boxer, as a professional heavyweight, I lost my first ever professional decision to George Foreman. Chris Perfett, what my name? Uh, 73. It's not Duran. No, and Duran wasn't a heavyweight, but still, a good guess. Good guess. Not a bad guess. <laughs> So, well, you know what? He might have looked like a heavyweight between fights. He actually would gain a lot of weight between fights. So uh, not a bad guess. All right. 1973, on this day, as a professional heavyweight boxer, I lost my first ever bout to George Foreman. Let's switch up the order. Bull Benson, what my name? Uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was against Bridget Moynihan, but I but I digress. All right, Brian Finley, let's see if he can save the day. 1973 on this day, I lost my first ever professional heavyweight bout as a professional boxer. That's Department of Redundancy Department. I lost to George Foreman. What my name? So let's see. I was minus 15 years old at this point. I am going to go with Muhammad Ali. Not a bad guess. Gentleman by the name of Smokin' Joe Frazier. Oh. Yep. By the way, I invented the George Foreman grill. What my name? <laughs> George Anybody? Foreman. Well, wait, well, we didn't start the buzzer in time, so I don't think the judges will allow oh. it. I, I'm sorry, but it's, it's... By the way, what's your what's your go-to on uh, air guitar? So I'm anything Nickelback, honestly. Yeah, I'm oh. a big yeah, yeah, big Nickelback. Uh, anything well, Alex Tychert must love you. Yeah, or John Mayer. You know, I, I just I play that with just like a, a pair of jeans on, no shirt, maybe lying in a bed of straw. A little TMI, <laughs> but we won't hold that against you. <laughs> Hell, who who amongst us doesn't want to run through the halls of our high school, right? Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Nicely done, guys. Nicely done. Coming up, got to give my weekly Jim Harbaugh update. What's he up to? Is he going to take the Raiders job? Oh, hey, look, he hasn't even interviewed with the Raiders yet, but why not? Let the, let the uh, you know, let the uh, the echo chamber group think session run amok. Why not? And coming up after that, after Brian Finley's update, Chris Perfett will have his weekly World of Soccer report. So you don't want to miss that. All right, I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto. Come to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios as we all wait in with bated breath and heated anticipation for the remainder of the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, which have all already provided some sensational surprises. Speaking of surprises, will Jim Harbaugh actually leave University of Michigan for an NFL job, most notably the one that's talked about uh, the most fervently, and that's the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, I've been on record. I'm on record. I have been for several weeks now. I believe it's a 90% chance Jim Harbaugh will return to the University of Michigan. He hasn't even interviewed with the Las Vegas Raiders yet. Their interim coach, Rich Bisaccia, interviewed Wednesday. And I've said this before, there are 42 interim coaches that have been hired in the last 25 years. Not all were retained, but some prominent ones who went on to what I would consider to be very successful coaching careers, head coaching careers in the NFL, uh, started out as interim coaches. You may have heard of Marty Schottenheimer. You may have heard of Marv Levy. You may have heard of Art Shell, who was also with the aforementioned Raiders. Look back on October 11th. That was the real flashpoint for the Raiders uh, this past season when the John Gruden email saga came down. And the Raiders were already dealing with things. They'd lost their starting guards, Richie Incognito and Denzel Good, to injury earlier in the year. Henry Ruggs was cut following his involvement in the high-speed car crash that tragically left a woman dead. Darren Waller, their Pro Bowl tight end, missed five games down the stretch. Pro Bowl running back Josh Jacobs was unavailable a lot. And what did Bisacci do he did in four weeks what Gruden couldn't do in four years? He got the Raiders to the playoffs. They were one possession away from beating Cincinnati. Everybody told us last week that the Raiders were coming off a 70-minute overtime game. Their defense had been on the field for 88 plays. They couldn't possibly have anything in the tank. And they go to Cincinnati, and they 
managed to hold Joe Burrow and that prolific offense to six points in the second half. And they took it down, had four downs to do something. Derek Carr couldn't get it done. Be that as it may, they competed. They competed hard. So do you blow the thing up like you did in 2016 after making the playoffs? Or do you build on what you have? Well, Mark Davis will have to make that decision. This is what I know about Jim Harbaugh. He's driven by respect. He's driven by admiration. He's driven by adulation. Likes to be pursued. He has had on his desk for at least a week and a half that I know of a very lucrative contract for renewal from his boss, Athletic Director Ward Manuel at Michigan. Make no mistake, Ward Manuel is not just Jim Harbaugh's boss. They're personal friends. They played together at University of Michigan. They were on the football team together in the mid-'80s. They played for Bo Schembechler. I'm told this deal is very lucrative, guessing it's near Mel Tucker territory, and he's, they've addressed a lot of the issues. There's already an NIL committee being formed in Michigan. You know Michigan will get this done right if they decide to put their minds to it. I don't know if they're going to make the crazy commitment Texas A&M did, but I don't know that they have to. And it's my understanding, I've been told all three quarterbacks already have pretty nice, lucrative NIL deals. So what's Harbaugh been doing with his time in the last 10 days? Well, if you're reading tea leaves, you tell me if these are the actions of someone who would like to leave the school. There was a hockey game last Saturday night on the campus at Yost Arena. Michigan Wolverines got a great hockey program. They play great hockey in the Big Ten. Jim Harbaugh attended the game with some of his assistants. Speaking of assistants, they made a major hire last week. They hired Mike Elston from Notre Dame. He'll be their defensive line coach. He's a former Michigan guy as well. Jim Harbaugh gets a courtesy car from the same dealership every year. Last week, he turned in his old car, picked up his new car. And by the way, what happened to all the Chicago Bears rumors? Wasn't he supposed to slide right in there as well? He's a favorite son of the McCaskies, which is true. That's not false. The McCaskies love Jim Harbaugh. He was, I think he's the second or third leading passer in all-time history of the Chicago Bears, and he was he, he was well-liked there. Well, the Chicago Bears have interviewed Leslie Frazier, Brian Flores, Todd Bowles, Brian Dable, Matt Eberfluss, Doug Peterson. Best of my knowledge, they haven't interviewed Jim Harbaugh. The New York Giants, who Harbaugh said he was intrigued in. They haven't invited him to interview there either. How about the Miami Dolphins? Now, the Miami Dolphins are owned by Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross is a Michigan graduate. He's wealthy, made a ton of money in Southern California real estate. He is a benefactor to the University of Michigan to the tune of almost $200 million. Twice Stephen Ross tried to hire Jim Harbaugh. He tried in 2011 when Harbaugh left Stanford and went to the San Francisco 49ers, flew to San Francisco, came up just short. In December 2014, when Harbaugh really did leave, did, he let, left the 49ers to go back to Michigan. It's my understanding Stephen Ross was all set to hire Jim Harbaugh then as well. They were supposed to relieve Joe Philbin of his duties, the head coach at the time. And when that didn't happen on the day I was told it would, I called my moles and said, nope, you're not going to believe it. Harbaugh's coming to Michigan. The Michigan faithful told their fellow alum, Stephen Ross, owner of the Dolphins, nope, not on our watch. You're not taking our guy back off. And Ross played ball. So Harbaugh ended up in Michigan, which prompted the statements the other day when, when Stephen Ross fired Brian Flores. I'm not going to be the one to take Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. He felt that smoke before. He doesn't want to want to feel it again. So there you have it. 
You can think whatever you want, and I'm telling you, I suppose anything can happen. I'm giving it a 10% or 10 percenters come in, but with each passing day, it seems to me less and less likely. Now, I know this past weekend at the Raiders compound, or this past week, I believe at least three or four general managers were interviewed. And, uh, of course, because Mike Mayock had been relieved of his duties, so the Mayock Gruden regime is no longer. It's hard for me to believe that Mark Davis would want to give another 10-year, $100 million contract and complete megalomaniacal control to one man like he did with Gruden. It didn't work. It just didn't work. And frankly, I will tell you, uh, I think Harbaugh's going to want that. And even if he got that, I still think there's a chance he could turn it down. Harbaugh's not really driven by money. Harbaugh was very generous with the $2 million in bonuses he got by winning the Big Ten and beating Ohio State. What did he do with the money? He doled it out to his fellow staffers in the athletic department who suffered loss in pay due to COVID last year. A very nice gesture. So you see, if Harbaugh's offered a lot of money, that's merely an indicator of the symbolism that he's in fact pursued and loved and adored and respected. The money is a symbol of that. Harbaugh's made plenty of money in his life, and I never want to count anybody else's money, but I don't think he's driven by money in the way you think he is, and that if he'll buy shiny things. You see how he dresses. He doesn't drive a fancy car. He's pretty pragmatic in those areas. So I'm sticking to my guns. I'm telling you, I think it's 90%. Jim Harbaugh returns to the University of Michigan. As far as who the Raiders hire, I don't even know if Mark Davis knows at this point. I just don't think... It will be Jim Harbaugh, and quite frankly, I don't think Jim Harbaugh would be a good fit. Harbaugh's the type of guy to take over a 4-12 and team and get them playoff ready. That's what he did at Stanford, and that's what he did with the 49ers. The Raiders won 10 games last year, and they're the only organization that made the playoffs and then fired their coach. Well, no, check that. They haven't fired Rich Passaccia. Let me correct the record. They're considering not bringing him back, but they did make the playoffs, and they did win 10 games. And there's something to be said for that. This is not your your normal run-of-the-mill interim coaching job where you're taking over and babysitting a moribund franchise who can't get out of its own way with three games to go. No, he took over a highly charged situation on October 11th, righted the ship. And while the Raiders had to answer for things that, they, that weren't even their fault, but they had to answer for them and be distracted by them, Basaccia kept his team together and created what I would call a real level of competitive stamina all right coming up chris perfett with his world of soccer report but first let's go to the man mr air guitar himself <laughs> and a many talents brian finley with the latest bernie it was one and out for the green bay packers one game in the postseason and they have been eliminated the number one seed of the nfc going down at home in blizzard-like conditions at lambeau 13 to 10 to the 49ers in the nfc divisional round green bay had issues with their special teams they had a field goal and a punt blocked and that blocked punt was led and picked up for a score in the end zone for the Niners. They did not have a score on defense. That is a touchdown or on offense. And still Jimmy G gets the job done. And afterwards, head coach for the Niners, Kyle Shanahan, busting out the pom-poms when talking about his team's resolve. I feel like we never overreact to anything. We just keep playing football. And guys just, they don't get discouraged. You don't, they don't get frustrated at the other side of the ball. Guys just keep working and trying to have each other's backs. And uh, we needed everyone today. 
San Fran has now got their attention on today's Rams-Bucks game. Of course, the winner of Tampa and Los Angeles will play the Niners. The Bengals are making their way to the AFC Championship game after going into Nashville yesterday and showing up the Titans 19-16, the number one seed in the AFC. Since he rookie kicker Evan McPherson was dialed in, he connected on a 52-yard field goal at the end of the game. Titan quarterback Ryan Tannehill made a mess of things out there. Three interceptions. And since he quarterback Joe Burrow had over 300 yards passing, and he was able to do a whole lot considering the fact that his offensive line at times a little bit matador out there. Nine times he was sacked. Since he will await the winner of today's Bills-Chiefs matchup and the winner, of course, of that matchup. And since he will converge in the AFC Championship game next weekend. In the NBA, the Suns are winners against the Pacers. 113-103, to Chris Paul had 18 points and 16 assists. The Cavs get the job done against the Thunder, 94-87, to as Cleveland has won six out of their last seven. The Bucks are victorious against the Kings, 133-127. to No Giannis Dentacumpo in this game, but no problem because you had Chris Middleton putting up 34 points and one score in college basketball. Number nine, UCLA, goes into Boulder and holds off Colorado. 71 to 65. Johnny Juzang putting up 23 points as the Bruins improved to 13 and 2 on the air. Let's get it back to a man who was undefeated on this season and all seasons. It's Bernie Frado. Thanks so much, Brian. Good stuff. All right, at this time every week, we bring in Chris Perfett for the World of Soccer Report and a bit of a potpourri this week. Chris has some notes from around the world of soccer, a couple of African nations dealing with some heartbreak and then of course some struggles from the Cup of Nations and finally in England where an old power seems to be rising again with a new manager. That's right, Bernie. We'll get the uh, we'll get the Premier League news out of the way because the news out of Africa is pretty meaty as the Africa Cup of Nations enters the final phases here. But I just need to give some attention to Manchester United who had a thriller against West Ham this weekend, and uh, you know, Rashford basically coming in in the 93rd minute to give to move United ahead. They now sit in the top four of the table at this time right now, and top four in the Premier League means you get to go on to the Champions League. I think we had we, we need to remind everyone Manchester United had fired their manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer back in November. It is now Ralph Ranick running the club and he's you know there's a lot of talk now about the emotion in the locker room the the heart that that you that the devils are playing with right now Rashford's played phenomenal and Ronaldo seems to be making progress everyone seems to be making progress in United and they're finding a nice stride right now and it's moved them into the top four above West Ham we'll have to keep an eye on it though because Tottenham Hotspur they've had about three games or so three four games delayed by COVID and They'll have to make up some of those, and they're not far behind, but I, I can't think of a hotter team right now in the Premier League than Manchester City, which is good news for people who've been waiting a while for the Devils to be back on top, because it's been a minute under Skullshare. They had a lot of talent, but they've just been underperforming, and now they're top four. That's impressive for this time of year, Bernie. 
But I got to tell you that. Go ahead. I just want to say yeah, that Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is out of this world. It's the most modern stadium in the world. Go ahead. It's going to be fun to watch the uh, NFL move into more of these stadiums, too, especially really looking forward to, you know, when they go to Germany. But the big the big news for the week was the Africa Cup of Nations. Africa has kind of taken center stage here as the countries all battle it out for the Cup of Nations with a lot of World Cup implications. In fact, we actually got the draw ahead of uh, this week as well. And I believe there's some interesting games. We won't see these games until March, but Egypt and Senegal will face off each other for a playoff draw for the World Cup. And that's important. That's going to be interesting because that's Mohamed Salah, Liverpool, yeah, for Egypt. Greatest player in the world, right? One of the greatest players in the world right now. One of the hottest players in the world right now. We can talk about the Goats and Messi or Ronaldo, but Salah, nobody's playing hotter right now. But he's going to have to face in Senegal Mane, his, his teammate from Liverpool. So that'll be interesting. We'll definitely dial back into that match when it comes up there. I believe Egypt is still playing in the Cup of Nations right now. They're they're in their round of 16, and they're moving on to some of the later stages. But two teams that uh, from Africa that we should probably, that are the big losers so far from the Cup of Nations. And the first is, and I'm sure U.S. men's team, fans will recognize this one with Ghana. Now Ghana's been kind of one of the great powerhouses of the of of the African continent. The US men's team has fought them, I believe in the in all they've drawn and fought them in three in the last three World Cups that the US has went to. They didn't go to in 2018, but they were there against Ghana in 14, 2010, 2006 and the US in the time all time, I believe the U.S. is two and three against them. We take out a friendly; they're one and three against Ghana. And so, but Ghana has really kind of fallen apart. They came into this tournament really shaky, and they didn't even make it to the knockout stage. So it's it's hard times for Ghana right now. Their federation is in a lot of trouble. But the real surprising one is Algeria, who came into the Cup of Nations, thirty-four matches unbeaten. And they were dispatched in the knockout round by the Ivory Coast in a just stunning upset, 3-1 over uh, over Algeria, who looked to be one of the teams, if not the team to beat in Africa. So Algeria has to rebound, I believe, in their World Cup qualifier, I mean, the World Cup playoff. They have drawn Cameroon, and again, that 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 will be played late March. And it's going to be interesting to see if Algeria can bounce back from that, especially with, as I said, Egypt is going to be out there. Yeah. Uh, there's And there's been a lot of other teams, uh, nations playing very well in the Africa Cup of Nations. It's made it one of the more interesting regions to watch as we get geared up for World Cup season. So here's what's interesting. The last time Egypt and Senegal faced off in a situation like this, and again, this, this game won't even be played for two months. However... It was 2002. Senegal managed to finish at the top of their group. These two teams tied, but they went on to shock the world. They beat uh, South Korea and Japan, and they beat Cha- uh, France, who was the world champion, got all the way to the quarterfinals before losing to Turkey by a golden goal. Why do I bring that up? And by the way, you mentioned two of the top players in the world will be facing off against each other in that game, Egypt and uh, and Senegal. In soccer, to me, like no other sport, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, certainly the NFL, you can find any one of these remaining teams that can get hot and shock the world. 
Yeah, I mean, that's been the draw of a lot of it for a while, and it's it's always been about you never know what's going to happen out there in soccer. Like, you, just, you have no clue what's going to happen, especially when you've got nations on the line like we do here. And Ghana, I, I mentioned this World Cup draw, they have to phase off against Nigeria. Nigeria, right. In, in, in March, and that's going to be even more rough. I, I hate to say we could see a World Cup without Ghana because they've been thrilling every time they've been in the World Cup. It would be a great loss. But again, the African region has given us no shortage of just fantastic play this year. And I'm excited to see who wins the Cup of Nations. I'm excited to see who's going to move on to the World Cup because whoever it is, you can bet they're going to be fighting just as hard as anyone from Europe or South America. Really good stuff. And Ghana is far better than people realize. And I would tell you this, I, they played the United States in, in a friendly a couple of years ago. I couldn't believe how good they were. Just this small little country. Oh, yeah. They're, gonna... They break the hearts of U.S. men all the time in, in, in the World Cup. It's been, they've been kind of a bogeyman for the U.S. Listen, they compete. They're the last two times they qualified for the World Cup, they got to the round of 16 and, and the quarterfinals. So something to watch. Uh, we all enjoy the World Cup. I notice that even sometimes here in the United States, and there are plenty of bars right here in Las Vegas that are great soccer bars, the world kind of comes to a stop when these World Cup games are played. All right, good stuff, Chris. You'll be back next week for the look uh, on your uh, world of uh, soccer. Coming up in Las Vegas, we already have the Las Vegas Golden Knights. We have the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA, and we certainly have the Las Vegas Raiders. Might Las Vegas still get the Oakland Athletics? There's been an update. I'll share you on what the chances of that are. I'm Bernie Frado, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Radio is your wrap-up the show. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, and they have been with me. Since 11 p.m. Pacific, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together so we can bring you this fine radio show to a grateful nation. That would be, of course, Bull Benson, Chris Perfett, and Brian Finley on the updates. Teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. We work together, and uh, we appreciate you all listening. All right. Uh, I mentioned uh, a minute ago that the Las Vegas the city of Las Vegas has truly become a major league sports city with the Golden Knights who've made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in their infancy 
uh, and of course the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, who are always in the news and will continue to be in the news. Now, one team uh, that has been in the news for the last year, their front office brass has taken no less than five trips here to survey the land in Las Vegas would be the Oakland A's. So are the Oakland A's now coming to Las Vegas? Now, I have, again, I've been on record. I've said multiple times, no, I don't think they are. I'm not going to give you all the reasons why. Uh, I uh, don't have time for that. But what I would say is the trips they've taken here in the last 10 months, I've always believed were a leverage play so that they could go back to the city of Oakland and Oakland would step up and do what they probably in all likelihood should have done for the Raiders years ago, and that's build a new stadium. And uh, I know that it hurt the city of Oakland dramatically to not see to see their team not leave just once but twice, and they're not coming back. So I'm of the belief that the Oakland A's, uh, if, if at all possible, are going to be retained in the city of Oakland, and that might be easier said than done. But for those who've automatically assumed that the A's are moving to Las Vegas just because they visited here five times, as Lee Corsa would say, not so fast, my friend. So... We all know the Oakland A's have been pushing for a new waterfront ballpark in the Bay Area. But this last Wednesday night, they cleared a major hurdle. And this hurdle actually gives them genuine momentum in their efforts to keep the team from moving to Las Vegas or another city for that matter. I know Nashville would like to have a Major League Baseball team. So what happened last Wednesday? The Oakland Planning Commission unanimously voted to recommend that the city council certify what's called an environmental impact review for not just the ballpark, which would be a billion-dollar waterfront major league ballpark, but a full-blown $12 billion development that would include that ballpark. Now, the vote came after a four-hour public meeting, and everybody got to speak their mind. There were all kinds of public comments. Some were supportive, some were in opposition to the project, but at the end of the day, the vote was thumbs up for a an environmental impact review. And that's where these things start. Now, the final certification of the you know environmental review, which has to happen, otherwise you don't get a ballpark, that could come as early as next month at the Oakland City Council meeting. Bottom line, the Oakland mayor, Libby Schaff, she was very enthusiastic and she basically commented the fact that the Planning Commission's vote was, quote, a huge win for the region. What does this all mean? It means what I've said and what I believe all along, and that is I do not think the Oakland A's will be coming to uh, Las Vegas. We shall see. The divisional playoffs continue here in about nine hours and seven minutes. This has been an incredible weekend so far of NFL playoff games, the two games. It was already a unique weekend to begin with. First time in 50 years, all four divisional games featured point spreads of less than six points. There's actually been professional money on both sides of every one of these games. And you say, how does that happen? Because there have been line movements. And when the pros make a bet, they're different than the public. When the public makes a bet, they're trying to predict an outcome. When professionals make a bet, they're just trying to manage risk. I will tell you, heavy professional money has come in on the Rams Sunday. I'm not one of those people. 
You give me Tom Brady at home under a field goal in the playoffs. This is a guy who's won 35 playoff games, Tom Brady, against 28 NFL quarterbacks. Matt Stafford's won one playoff game. Brady 14-2 and two in divisional games. He's won nine in a row, and this is where the Bucks live. Yeah, I know there's injuries. I know there's extenuating circumstances. I just can't see Brady and the Bucks falling tomorrow. Be that as it may, Bob Euchre once hit a home run off Sandy Koufax. So I suppose anything can happen. And I expect the Chiefs to advance as well. All right, folks, thanks for listening. I'm Bernie Fratto. This is Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. Up next, keep it locked, Brian No and Andy Furman. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 